This is your co-host, Mark, former Hooper, college Hooper, coach, trainer, hoop lover. You can follow me on Instagram at Breaking Barriers Training. Here with my guy, says kids, future partner in coaching and business, GZAC. Hey, what's up, man? I'm your other co-host, Gerald, Hooper, coach, trainer, overall lover of the game. Y'all can follow me over on Instagram at GZ underscore hoops. I'm here on my boy since kids and my future coaching colleague. Thanks for tuning in with us and let's get straight to the episode. What's up with you? Hey, what's going, Mark? How we doing? Pretty good. Pretty good up here watching this game right now. Yeah, bro. I just turned it on myself. Just turned yeah, it on myself, man. man. Excited, man. Yeah, been a lot sure. of that... been a lot of good basketball lately, bro. I know you've been out the way a little bit. I don't know how much you've been uh, tapped in with it. I've been tapped in a little bit. I've been trying to catch up as much as possible for sure. Right. When did you get back? Mean, uh, this morning actually. You tired yeah. as heck? A little bit, but I mean, you know, I can't complain, bro. I'm living, so Word. that's all that matters. Right. Well, Mark, before we dive into episode 29, I know it's been a little minute, but we definitely got to shout out all of our sponsors, Anchor, Spotify, Apple, you know, the whole gang, just like every episode for always putting out our content and letting us do what we do here on the Breaking Barriers pod. Definitely. And of course, you know, we got to thank the the viewers who listen and the people who stay because, you know, every now and then, uh, me and you got to come back to reality and, um, (laughs) live life and sometimes right. we can't we, we can't have an ep and um you know they stay patient with us so we appreciate all that too for sure i mean bro honestly it's been pretty cool with our little like i don't know about week and a half hiatus people have been hitting me up like yo when's the next episode when's the next episode so that's love we definitely appreciate that yeah definitely for sure keep it coming for sure but uh first and foremost man before we dive into Strictly basketball type talk like we normally do. I just wanted to see how your trip was out in Cali for the viewers who didn't know where you're at. You're over on the West Coast, man. I know a lot of our viewers here over in the East Coast, whether that's PA, the DMV area. I've seen you checked out a few iconic basketball spots out there, but also some cool uh, scenarios and sceneries outside the basketball realm. So, I mean, I know you've seen that John Wooden statue. How yeah. was that, man? I mean, bro, it was – oh, man, it was dope, honestly, because, I, um, you know, I like we always – we talk about our coaches and stuff, you know, and I just I just always did research on them, man. Mm-hmm. I would see the, the statue on Google, and I'm like, how dope would it be to see it one day in person, not thinking, like, you know, ever really thinking I'd go to Cali anytime soon. And I was there, and it just so happened that my – um my bro Trent, shout out to Trent. Um, you mm-hmm. know, he he used to live out there, and um, oh yeah, yeah. And a few of my other bros, um, you know, they visited before, so it was it wasn't really new to them. But um, Trent also dated somebody who went to UCLA, so he knew his way around the campus. And um, oh man, you know, despite what's going on, they started school, so um, the campus was pretty much open to anybody. I mean, man, there was that's pretty crazy. Yeah, there was kids working out on soccer with they they dad is working out. Um, they got this little side field like it's like a like a not it's not literally a hundred yards, but it's supposed to be real long as a hundred yards uh, turf. Um, they used the wall. They was using the wall and um, working out on soccer. Then you had other people on the field. It was it was crazy, bro. Honestly, and then you know, like I said, seeing the statue and just seeing it in person and just feeling the presence of it you know it's just it's, it was deep for real for sure and that's the thing you touched on it there a little bit ago but we talked about coach wooden here on the pod in earlier episodes but obviously dude's a, a legend within our world of practice obviously in the basketball world and for you to get out there and just kind of touch a little bit of history get get your hands uh dirty out there in cali that's pretty dope man i mean i seen you're out there with mondo yeah <laughs> I, I haven't seen I haven't seen bro in a minute, so hopefully he's doing good. But I seen yeah. uh, you also were with that that Nipsey Hustle portrait, man. How was that? That was dope too. Uh, I was down there with his with his uh, his friends, the dudes he like literally hung with every day. They was like 
like when you when people see it for people who see them on the internet and they say they be in the hood every day they really be down there like they were selling um these nice pictures people drew handmade um wow you know, big ones for the made for the wall they were selling those they were selling um face masks with Nipsey on it uh um shirts phone cases I mean anything you can name everything. Honestly. Yeah, hat, his hats, his merch. Um, you know, it was just down there selling that, and um, you know, it was it was pretty dope. So you know, I got to actually talk to them for a minute, and then um, got to go across the street, like you said, to see that that portrait of him, and um, that was iconic as well, because you know, I mean, that his whole strip is lit up with nothing but R.P. Nipsey, his his right. pictures, everything, and it was just overall the experience though. It was just it was nice because I mean, you know. You go other places, you don't really know how people react to you. But I mean, it was, it was more love than you get at home, to be honest. That's so, good, man. That's good. Yeah. That's the thing. I definitely got to get out there to the West Coast sooner than later. Um, yeah, we gotta get out there for sure. For so we sure, can definitely bro. Make a, we can definitely make a pod slash, uh, you know, something live for the fans, like a vlog type thing. <laughs> yeah, we gotta find Jenna Bandy out there because you know she be out there. <laughs> yeah, for real, bro. For real. Yeah, I mean, shoot. Definitely. Now that you're back, bro, I mean, you feel rejuvenated. You feel ready to lock in for your upcoming season, your your training, the podcast. What are you feeling like now, bro? I'm motivated, honestly, because, um, you know, just seeing the, the cost of living out there, how it is. Um, just cause, it's you know, sky high. Oh, man, bro, what? I mean, you go and eat places and some stuff start at $20. Like, um, we were someplace, and a, and a steak alone was $45. It's a little different from uh, Western PA, to put it that way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Drinks, 4 or $5. I'm, man, I mean, but, you know, it was it was worth the trip, honestly. And, uh, you know, it motivated me, like I said, because, you know, you see the, the way people are living out there, and you see how what it takes to live out there. And, um, you know, that's what Stars is made at, honestly, so. It was it was dope and uh, it motivated me to want to come back here and, and get better at all of the craft that I do as far as this podcast coaching, um, all of it. But I seen you was on a trip too. How was your little your little skit? You got out of the the area for a minute. How was that? Yeah, I was out in D.C. for a minute this past weekend. I mean, it was cool. Um, a lot of the stuff was still closed down due to the virus, which I mean I I understand, but. Right. I don't know, man. It was definitely nice to get out of Baltimore City for a minute and just kind of recoup, kind of clear my mind a bit. So kind of like you're saying, getting back to reality and getting back to the grind of what we love to do, which is this pod and coach. So we're back now. Right. I know people have been wanting us to get back on the EPs, like you said. So we're going to keep them rolling for sure. Yeah, for sure, bro. Uh, was that your first time going out there? Uh, no, I've been out there a couple of times. Uh, last summer when I first moved out to the DMV, I was there a few times. But this was the first time since the whole COVID thing. I mean, it was kind of weird. People in masks, people not in masks. But I don't know. You see that everywhere, I guess. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I mean, it was – bro, I wish you could have saw Venice. Like, it was so many people out there. It was like – Are the rims up? Yeah, but they ain't got the nets up. Uh, I seen I seen a couple videos from some YouTubers that they had like a a wooden panel over the rim out in LA. Was that how it was in Venice or not? Uh, what you say? What you say? I didn't hear the last part. It was breaking up. Did they have like a wooden like brick up on the rim, or was the rim open as well? Oh no, it was a it was a full rim. They just oh, took the nets down. Okay. So, um, I don't. I don't know what the significance of that would be. Like people would stop playing just because the nets is off. But, <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> you know they yeah the, everything was up, but they just had the nets off and um it was people still out there. Honestly, I mean, bro, it was imagine the Pharaoh Sharon or you guys and uh, West Middlesex game. All them people. Imagine all them people. That's how Venice was times two. Man, that's crazy, man. Outside in that heat and that sun, just beautiful atmosphere, you know. Yeah, but you know what's crazy? It was, it wasn't even that hot while I was out there. Yeah, I seen you in sweatpants. <laughs> Bro, it was. <laughs> we was out there like, like the one night I was out there freezing, bro. We went out to. Um,
was moving around a lot. Like we went out to San Diego, wow. came back. Uh, was, yeah, so we was just moving around. And it was kind of hot at first, but, you know, toward the end of the night, it got real chilly, bro. So I'm like, I'm looking at my dude Trent, like, bro, you lived out here, and you mean to tell me it was never this chilly? He was like, bro, no. Like, <laughs> he's like, this is different. Like, it was that's, crazy. That's bro. just 2020, I mean, bro. <laughs> yeah, I guess times has changed. So, you know, it was, it was, it was fun, though. Good, man. Well, I encourage everybody who for can. For sure, man. Know. Well, I'm glad you had a good time. I'm glad you're back, and now we can kind of get back Thanks. to the podcast grind, too. You know what I'm saying? So, yes, sir. With sure. that being said, bro, we definitely got to. So our last episode, episode 28, we threw out our first round NBA playoff predictions. So we got to kind of tally up our wins and losses, see how we did, see if the viewers have kept up with what we threw out, and we'll kind of go from there. Okay, okay. So in the East, so obviously as we're both sitting here watching the second round, Toronto and Boston, we know both of them have advanced. But, I mean, shoot, bro, in the Eastern Conference this past week, Yet alone, we almost had four sweeps in the first round. And honestly, bro, we selected all the winning teams in that first round. Um, our final standings were a little bit off, but just for all y'all listening and that do trust us with our basketball knowledge, we do know what the heck we're talking about. We got all those teams right. We're not two bums out here talking. Right. <laughs> right. right. I mean, some could say it's pretty obvious, but, I mean, as you see the bubble – it's different, it is. you know. The atmosphere is different. Um, people came back different as a team. So, like you said, we know what we're talking about and we really For study sure. the craft. Bro, I'm glad you even said that because we've been talking about it. But, I mean, we've seen it the last couple of days. Like, anything truly can happen in the bubble. I mean, even starting with this first series, Milwaukee versus uh, the Orlando Magic, where we both had Milwaukee sweeping them. I mean, they were the number one overall seed in the entire league where the Magic somehow, some way, pulled out that game one victory. So, anything can happen. Without they start Right, with all them injuries. I mean, anything can happen. So, we did pick Milwaukee to advance, but we missed, obviously, that series by a game. I mean, I don't think anyone really saw the Magic stealing a game, so I don't think we're too off from there. Yeah, for sure. That was a fluke. Everybody Thanks. did that one. I mean, even though they're not looking too, too hot now against the Heat in round two, but we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, yeah, yeah. The next nice series one. we predicted here, it was between the defending champs, the Toronto Raptors, versus the Brooklyn Nets, where obviously we knew they were not having the likes of Kyrie or KD out there. Um, the Raptors did end up bringing out the brooms. They swept him, and we both – picked that they would go to five games so we missed it by a game I mean it's not nothing too crazy or too too far off I mean the Raptors did what they needed to do with a, a injured Brooklyn team and kind of ran with it from there yeah for sure I mean and, and I tweeted this too and I said it somewhere else and people kind of got on me about it but I stand on it honestly um you know I, I said how Brooklyn I felt like every game they competed they just didn't you know have their main guys and um they didn't have a lot of experience out there as far as playoff wise either but they still competed like every game was tough for, for sure Toronto, so um, i'm excited to see what they look like when kd and Kyrie and deandre jordan and everybody right else and uh looks like they got a new coach over there in brooklyn too but we're gonna be saving that for the back half of the pod tonight but yeah they definitely did compete That's- every game i mean we talked about how the Raptors, we stated they're the defending champs. I mean, they're the champions until they get knocked off, but they're not looking too, too hot here in the second round, but I don't know. We'll touch on that here in a minute. Um, right, okay. The third series we predicted here, um, the Celtics versus the Ben Simmons 76ers. Um, I had the Celtics winning in five, or you had him winning it in six. Um we were right there. They ended up winning them. They ended up bringing out the brooms as well. I mean, we missed it by a couple games. That's what I'm saying. Like, the East was pretty crazy. Those series went so, so quick. That's why these teams actually are well-rested and able to already have two games under their belt in the second round. Right. Yeah. And, I mean, I can't complain about these games. So, I mean, everything you said right. is right. That's what I'm saying. So. I'm kind of just throwing out what we talked about last episode so the people can kind of catch up with what we 
We're dishing out. Yeah, for sure. And the final series here in the East for the first round was the uh, fifth-seed Heat versus the four-seed Pacers. Um, I had that game going to – or I had that series going to seven games with the Heat coming out, and you had it going to six games with the Heat coming out, where obviously we were both wrong. I mean, the Heat did win, but they ended up sweeping them. So – at the end of the day, we still were 4-0 and on the series winners, so we'll take that tie in the East, I guess. Definitely. Can't complain about it. Not at all, not at all. Now, with the Western Conference, bro, I mean, we've talked about multiple times on the pod that, honestly, throughout our whole childhood and young adult life, like, the Western Conference has always been just more powerful and competitive than the East. And we've definitely seen that throughout that first round of the Western Conference playoffs. I mean, couple series went to game seven I mean there was just high level basketball being played each and every night and we'll start with the Lakers taking down Damian Lillard and the Blazers in five where we said that would happen four to one um just too much size uh too much LeBron and Damian's injury definitely didn't help either not at all and um AD played a a humongous part too because I mean neither one of the Portland bigs could stay in front of me so, I mean, we knew, like you said, that excuse me, that this was gonna be like this. But um, I don't know. I, I everybody say oh, Dame could have got another game out of it. I don't see it though, bro. What you thought? What you think? You think he could have got another one? No, nah, I don't think so, man. I mean, honestly, like we talked about last episode, the Lakers are just too big and athletic for the Blazers kind of to match up with, and. Obviously, we know right, Dame exactly. and CJ can go off and get a bucket essentially any time down the court once they cross half court. But when you have a a six eight to six nine to seven foot hand in your face every possession, it gets a little harder to score the basketball. So I mean, the Trailblazers definitely fought, but they just didn't have enough to kind of <laughs> gain another win against the LA Lakers. Yeah. Uh, the next series was the second seed Clippers taking down the Dallas Mavericks. I said it would be a five-game series, and you proved me wrong, actually, and chose the right final series outcome of the Clippers winning in six, winning four to two. But we cannot knock how nasty Luka Doncic was in that series. Oh, my goodness. What? Well, Kawhi himself had to come off and say I'm He low-key didn't want to guard him, though. <laughs> he did. He did. But he was like, you know what? I'm gonna just have to lock down. But but the thing that made me mad is he didn't want to guard him. But when he did guard him, he actually locked him right. down. Right, and that's the thing. He kept. He and, just would and, switch on every high ball screen. It's like, no. If you're if you're that high level defender, you're the the number one stopper on your team. You gotta lock up the best scorer on the other team. That's just kind of how the how the game goes. Exactly, and PG, um, he stepped up. Big Struggled time. a little bit early. He finally, finally got back to himself. Mm-hmm. So, um, shout out to him. But um, like you said, Luca, man, he's he's different, bro. Next couple of years, that league gonna be his. And um, Przingis, he got stopped getting hurt, so he can be there for his. <laughs> his bro. I know that's why. Like, I love uh, that that duo of KP and Luca. I mean, two young. European dudes who are just out there playing, it looks like effortless basketball, but they kind of just play their game, play at their own pace, and just dominate. It look. It, you want to hear something crazy? Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm gonna, uh, all I was going to say is, like, some people might not like their style of play just because it's not as right. fast and flashy as some guys might like it, but, man, I love watching those two play. Right. And, and you want to know crazy, bro? I, I was reading yeah. on Twitter. And I, I, I'm glad you brought them two up as a duo because I wanted to ask you. I saw somebody compare them to to uh, Magic and Kareem. Oh my gosh! I mean, I... they they said they tried to go. They tried to do the height stuff. They tried to go height wise. They said, um, you know, Luca's a big guard. Magic was a big guard. Kareem's a big guy and can shoot or the sky. Right. You know, and Porzingis. You know, I wanted to see your thoughts. I mean, I think the Magic Luka comparison is a little more valid than uh, Kareem and KP. I mean, Kareem dominated the league. Like, he dominated the paint. And that's kind of how the game was back then, though, too. We can't forget that. 
But, I mean, when you're talking Magic and Luka, they definitely were big guards that were, like, kind of ball-dominant dudes, pass-first dudes. But Luka's a little more efficient on the, the shooting end of the spectrum than Magic, in my opinion. But I guess I like the opinion. I can somewhat see it. But it's also pretty early in their careers to be throwing those names out, too. Yeah, I agree. I feel like they should at least get out the first round. Thanks. <laughs> at, or, or do some more first and stay healthy before you could compare them to two legends. Because, I mean, Kareem got six rings. Uh, Magic got five. So, um, they're winners at heart. And, um, you know, they play through pretty much anything. And, um, you know, I like the comparison as well, like you said. But they just – they got a long way they to go. They do. So. I mean, like you said, if KP can stay healthy, you know, we can see a couple full seasons, a couple – let's say, normal seasons as well, not the whole bubble atmosphere that we're dealing with now because that definitely comes into play like we talked about. No fans, no no home energy. Just There's a lot of factors that these guys are used to playing under that they're not playing under within the bubble. So, I don't know. The, the comparison is right. cool, but I just think it's a little too early for now. <laughs> definitely. And did you see that Adam Silver said that they're for sure not playing in the bubble next uh, I did season? not. Wow. Yeah, so they're already planning to, uh, I guess, play with fans. They just probably are going to have to wear masks like football. Bro, I mean, honestly, man, I kind of hope that's what happens. I mean, I know safety is the number one role here, but I miss being able to go to a ball game, for real. Like, when I was in D.C. this past weekend, like, the Nationals were playing baseball, and you can hear them them playing, and you can see them through the gates, but you can't go up in the stadium. And obviously – I'm not the biggest exactly. baseball guy, but throughout the summer, you know, going to a couple of games is cool. Um, I want, I want, I want to go to, I want to go to some NBA games. I mean, shoot, like, I'm just ready for some sense of normality to come back. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, bro. I mean, I love the bubble because it's giving us basketball. But um, if we can get back to games, we definitely need that. Without a sure. doubt, bro. Without a doubt. Um, this next series here was. The Nuggets and the Jazz, which was a crazy series, man. Um, we fully underestimated Donovan Mitchell and his ability to take over a series. I mean, we definitely knew he yeah. was a bucket. Don't get me wrong. But we both said 4-1, leaning towards the Nuggets. And obviously, it ended up going to 7. I mean, wow, Donovan yeah. and Jamal, bro, <laughs> they were going back and forth, back and forth for seven games straight breaking single series three-point records. I mean, they were just going crazy, and it was awesome to see two young guards, two lead guards, dominating a series and kind of building their clout up to where it should be throughout a normal NBA season. You know what, bro? Um, I always thought Jamal Murray was good, of course, because he went to my favorite team, uh, of course. But um, I don't know. I mean, this – this playoff series alone, man, he just showed like he really is a dog and he can hoop. Um, you know, he just needed that time to really step into them shoes that we always talk about. You know, it, it takes some people longer than other, but man, I mean, you just got to tip your hat off to him and D Mitchell, like you said. But wow, man, that was that was the best series yet, without a doubt. And I mean, I seen today that Donovan Mitchell's about to be signing a max contract here soon with Utah, so he's staying with the Jazz, he's staying loyal to them, and he definitely earned that max in the bubble, without a doubt. Oh, yeah, I mean, you look at it, they made the playoffs every year since he's been there, right? I mean, I believe you've seen there's always the comparisons, young D Wade. I mean, shoot, he definitely showed those flashes of flash. And that's uh, round one series for sure. Honestly, he just need more help. He do. He needs one more guy. Mm-hmm. One other dude. A better power forward or small forward, I feel like. Right. One other dude that can also isolate the game and go get you a basket if you need one. You Not- know who would fit perfectly, I think? Giannis? <laughs> <laughs> Mellow cut. Hey, he's, he's staying true to Portland, bro. Oh, yeah, yeah. I know, I know he's not leaving, but I'm saying his type of game. Somebody no. like Melo could fit that. I agree. I agree. Working out of the high post easily and just yeah. facing the floor. Yeah, definitely. What's up with the next series? Uh, the next and final series, bro, was another phenomenal series, the Houston Rockets and the OKC Thunder. 
I mean, the Rockets yeah. ended up taking out the CP3-led Thunder in seven games. I mean, we know Russ didn't play the first few games, and he came back, played super rusty as expected. But, I mean, this was a crazy series, especially for a Thunder team that was predicted to not even make the playoffs preseason. Um, mm-hmm. I had the Rockets. washed up point guard. Right, which is blasphemous. But <laughs> right. I, I had the Rockets winning in seven, and – this is the only one you missed, bro. You had OKC in seven. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I felt like they had it. I mean, <laughs> but I mean, it could have went either way, bro. It was short of a call. Yes, but you can't make an excuse for that. But you know that call played um, a dramatic role, and um, a few refs came out and said that they felt like that call played a dramatic call. Oh, without a doubt, bro. Without and did you actually see what Chris Paul came out and said? The ref um, told him. No, nah, what did he say? He said the one ref made it a, a point to come and tell him how he also refed his game seven loss that he played in. Oh yeah, I did see that. That's wild. He so you know, targeted him. Yeah, exactly. So you know, he came and made what two, three bad calls in a row. So um, you know, that could have played a little part, but at the end of the day, Houston got their dub. You picked the right team to win, and that was another, that was a good series too. No, that I mean, that those two, the the Jazz and the Nuggets and the Rocks and Thunder were easily the best series of round one. I mean, mm-hmm. like we talked about in the East, it was pretty much just sweep after sweep, and the Lakers were going to do their thing at the end of the day. But those two series were crazy. So, at the end of round one, technically I'm eight and zero, and you're seven and one going into round two, <laughs> which is pretty. I mean, hey, we're not we're not uh casuals at this stuff you know what i'm saying yeah that's dope so i guess we could give some quick predictions of the semifinals round two um i know some of these games have already started like we're watching right now but we'll just throw out some names throw out some numbers and kind of go from there all right so starting in the west we got the number one seed the lakers versus the rockets i mean what are you thinking there what's your analysis there Oh, you know the Lakers going to win for sure. That's what I'm thinking. Um, I think I give them six. That's that's what I got too. Lakers winning in six, four to two. Um, so I'm going to jot that down. But, I mean, it's kind of a similar story to round one where the yeah. Lakers just have way too much size at all positions for Houston. And honestly, bro, Anthony Davis should legitimately dominate this series and solidify what LeBron has been saying for the past year. LeBron's really been saying that this is AD's team and he's LeBron is just running the show for AD. So I'm here to see AD dominate, take the league by notice more than he already has been and just kind of solidify his. Right. I mean, bro, who's guarding him? Oh, my gosh. Wait. P.J. Tucker? Oh, my gosh. That's why I said, oh, my God. No, he's not. And we know that. And he could play that aggressive defense all he wants. AD got stronger. Right. And that's a scary sight for everybody in the league. He's stronger. He still has that touch that he's always had throughout his career, that mid-range. And he has the turnaround now. I mean, he is a dominant force where if this cat doesn't average, what, 25-plus, 28-plus in this series, I mean, come on, bro. That's a bad series for him. Honestly. Because we know Houston wants to run their offense through Harden. They want to have him kind of just pounding the ball into the ground have him knocking down ISO step-back threes and just driving to the rim, kicking to his shooters in the corners, the wings. But at the end of the day, I think the Lakers just have too much size and length for him. Yeah, for sure. Um, What's the next? The next series in the West is the Clippers and Nuggets. So this is tough somewhat. I mean, although Denver just had that crazy 3-1 comeback with Utah, First since Cleveland, might I add. First comeback, right. 3-1 comeback since Cleveland. Um, I don't really think their hot streak's going to continue against Kawhi and his boys. Um, I think Patrick Beverly's going to contain Jamal to the best of his abilities. You know how he gets down. And honestly, yeah. bro, just watching that first-round series, Jokic had issues with Donovan Mitchell in the pick-and-roll uh, aspect of the game. Donovan was able to attack the rim kind of whenever he wanted. So I feel like... Kawhi and PG thirteen are able are going to be able to do the same exact stuff at a higher level, oh, yeah. truthfully. Mm-hmm. So they they got that 
playoff experience. Facts. So, you know, um, and they got a great coach in Doc Rivers. So, mm-hmm. you know, he's going to put them in that situation. And um, some say that um, they don't really got no fluent offense. But honestly, they depend on their defense because that's what type of coach um, Doc Rivers is, is a defensive mind coach. And um, he pretty much played to the ability of the team he got. Like, if you right. if people really pay attention, he kind of let Kawhi and Paul George play out their pick and roll and set up people, but also set each other up. And then Lou Will come in and free Will, you know. Mm-hmm. So they got they know their roles and they know them well. Um, and like you said, I just don't think um, the Nuggets really have what it takes for them because even though Yoke is slimmed down, he's still not um, – yeah, <laughs> and shape or you know he can't really he's still tangled, right? So, um, I I think I'll take them and um, so, uh, I want to say seven because I feel like they could push it seven, but I'll say six. You got them in six. All right, I got jotted down here. I got the Clippers in five. Mm. The Nuggets are gonna get one. That's it. But we'll see. We'll see. Um, we'll see, we'll see. going to the East, bro. We got obviously we're watching this game right now. The defending champs, the Rockets versus the Celtics. Obviously, the Celtics are already up two zero. Um, I think I chose them either on episode twenty seven or twenty eight to be my team coming out of the East, the Celtics. So I'm rocking with Boston, capping off this series four one. Oh man, he said four <laughs> one. <laughs> you putting pressure on me? Hey. Cause, bro, the way this is looking, they could sweep them. They could, they easily could. But um, oh man, this see, it's tough because they're already up two zero. I know. You never know what could happen. I but know. I'm gonna say Boston four two. Boston four two. Okay. So yeah, like we said, I mean, some of these picks are kind of goof just because obviously the Eastern Conference series have began already. Um. My outlook on the Celtics, like I've touched on earlier, their guard play is just top tier with Kemba, JT, JB. Um, yes, and I'm glad you said that. They just to cut you off. You're good, bro. I mean, my thing is they just have multiple dudes that can break down their their defender and just get a bucket whenever and however. You know, where yes, Toronto, Toronto really doesn't, bro. No, and Toronto, um, they just are, are fluent as a team. Facts. You know, they, they know each other. Well, and they know the role that they want to play compared to Boston. Like you said, they got guys who can break you down, but then they can run that, that fluent offense of Brad Stevens. You know, um, Brad Stevens, they said, and it's coming from the genius himself. Coach Pop said Brad Stevens is um, second to none, you know, with the mind of a ba- of basketball. You know, he's, oh, he, he called, yeah, he called him the guru. And um, they say he's by far the best um, sideline out of bounds coach um with the plays so i mean he's putting everybody in the right position right now and i feel like he studied toronto heavy you know Mm -hmm. um, and he's exposing a lot of what they want to do because you know boston can shoot and get to the cup so you can't play a zone on them Mm -hmm. like like they were able to play on um brooklyn when they didn't want to play no defense right and um i'm interested to see this because um Nick Nurse is a good coach. Don't get me wrong. For sure, you can see it. You can see it in him. But I was, I was really interested to see what he do post Kawhi and also now with his back against the wall. And um, I don't want to sound like I'm slighting him or dogging him, but he seemed like he kind of like or a crybaby right now. You know, yeah, you're the champion. He was talking about you know? Jason Tatum getting all those calls. Yeah, he said that the ref, the refs were treating JT nicely in game two. Come on, man. Y'all defending champs. Some say y'all shouldn't even got it. But at the end of the day, like we was taught in Little League, you got to play for it regardless of who there. Thanks. And, um, you know, you got to respect it. And at the end of the day, they're champions. And, um, you know, like you said, he said that. And then I'm watching them on the sideline. You know, you're doing that crybaby stuff. Come on, man. Just keep your team in it. And you can't be you doing that. You know, you're already coaching a grown man who you really can't make listen. Mm-mm, not at all. Honestly, that's the thing. I mean, I guess I shouldn't say not at all. But being an NBA head coach is definitely a blessing and a curse in disguise in the aspects of, yeah, you've made it to the top. 
But then again, you're also coaching the best basketball players in the world, right? So how are you going to be able to control them, one, and two, kind of instill in them the trust that you know what the heck you're doing and that they should understand and manipulate your philosophies out there as a coach? Exactly. And they said um, Kawhi got him last year in the locker room when he was talking, and um, Nick Nurse tried to make an example of his um, previous team he coached in. And Kawhi said, have you coached in the uh, Eastern Conference Finals in the NBA? And Nate Nurse said, no. He's like, well, we don't want to hear that. And he was joking, of course, but, I mean, he could have been serious. He probably was serious knowing Kawhi. <laughs> yeah, and it's, and and that's his star player. So, you know, for him to, um, you know, kind of say that but still buy in, you know, that shows how easy it is to not listen. Without a doubt, bro, without a doubt. So, and, um, you know, another thing, too, I want to give Brad Stevens a lot of credit, too, because I'm watching him and his composure. And, um, you know, he's always calm anyways. But, I mean, they look real good right now. And Kemba is playing out of his mind in these playoffs. Right. I think this is only, what, his second appearance? Yeah, I mean, cardiac Kemba is in full effect, bro. That step back is just lethal. Honestly, the best step back in the NBA, I think. Yeah, bro, but like you said, man, I mean – People people just uh, underestimate him a lot, you know, but uh, Kimba is putting in a lot of work. Oh, without a doubt. And honestly, bro, even watching this game live right now, just look at the composure on the sideline, Stevens versus Nurse. Now, obviously, yeah. right now you see Coach Stevens kind of putting his guys in the appropriate place to win the basketball game, as coaches are supposed to do, right? Where you see Nick right. Nurse kind of like you were touching on. He got his arms folded. He's kind of stepping back. He's not really looking – as a winner in that sense, you know what I'm saying? So young coaches such as ourselves, we got to take note of that. Body language is a huge factor within the game of basketball, whether you're a player or a coach, for real. Oh, yeah. I mean, bro, man, I mean, I don't know. I just I just feel like once you, you win, especially at this level, once you win, you get addicted to it, you know. So um, he probably got a lot of inner um, – fire built up in himself, you know, that he want to go back in and win another one or prove he could get back at least. Right. Without, without Kawhi. But, um, you know, like you said, man, you gotta, you gotta lay off the refs. Um, that's, that's one thing I learned early as a player. And I definitely learned as a coach, um, you know, you, you get your couple of jabs in there and then calm down, like leave them alone. And the rest should be towards your team. Thanks. The rest should be, you know, building them up and, um, Right now, um, Toronto look all over the place, and they haven't looked like this the whole season. You know, mm-hmm. so this is this is something new, and you can tell they're uncomfortable. And this is where Kawhi would play a big part in calming everything down. Yep, you need. I mean, I feel like every NBA team, you need at least one guy who can go get you a basket whenever you need. And there's Jason right. Tatum; he's that guy for Boston. But they have multiple dudes. So right. with You're Toronto, right. I mean, they're just such a team-oriented. Uh, franchise right now. I mean, Kyle Lowry is an all-star. He's a stud, but he's not really one to get out there and drop 40-plus every night just based off his isolation set. So, there's levels to it. I mean, at the end of the day, they all are NBA players. They're certified buckets. Don't get us wrong, but some guys have that killer instinct that others don't within scoring the basketball and kind of leading their team to that next step. So, both of us got Boston in this series here, bro. Um, the last series that we got to touch on is the Milwaukee Bucks versus what seemed to be their kryptonite, the Miami Heat. <laughs> I mean, shoot, bro. The Heat beat them two times out of three in the regular season, and now they're currently up 2-0 in the series. Um, I don't know, man. Giannis hasn't been looking too hot to me. Um, obviously, he just did get Defensive Player of the Year the other day. Shout out to him for that. But my guy, Devin the Lab, you can follow him at in the lab training, Devin the Lab, all over Instagram, social media, any, any platform really. But he's been kind of harping the last couple of years that Giannis needs more skill development where he's an athletic Definitely. freak like we all know, but his true skill set isn't there yet where he's a dominant no. basketball player the way he is now, but to get to that next level, to get to that championship-type 
run, he needs to add a little bit more to his bag. And, I mean, the Miami Heat, they had seven dudes in double digits alone last night. Right. That's crazy. So, And, I mean, to be honest with you, you just hit the nail on the head. How? I mean, every year, aren't you tired of losing in the same round? You know, the second round or, or the first round? You would round, think you know, so. You know, and 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 the the key factor is every time is you can't shoot. So you go into training camp every year, and you still do the same stuff, right. which is get stronger and stronger and stronger. So I mean, I don't know, bro. You know, um, honestly, I feel like they might get swept. You about to rock but with I, the four four zero? Am I typing that down? Nah, you could type the four. <laughs> I, you could type the four, two. I give him two max. That's what I got too. Heat and six, four two. Um, I mean, honestly, Giannis, like you said, he just needs to be more efficient. One, stay out of foul trouble. Two, and Eric Bledsoe and Chris Middleton need to be their go-to guys right now. I mean, Giannis obviously is that dominant force down low and in transition, but in the half-court setting where Miami really clamps up and they play prominent help side defense which is awesome to see at the highest level of basketball as a coach um but yeah man he he definitely has gotten stronger over the last x amount of years but like you said he can't shoot so my question my question is bro when do we start holding him to the level of lebron where if lebron was in this this instance down 2-0 you know he'd be getting chirps crazy but also, that, <laughs> when do we when do we start comparing Giannis to Ben Simmons? That's what I'm saying, bro. And the thing about it is, I literally saw somebody just say that on Facebook the other day. Um, when do we start, um, you know, coming at Giannis for all the things that he can't do or he, and he's not doing as a quote-unquote superstar? And um, one thing somebody said is he hasn't improved anything. And and they keep giving him defensive player of the year. And I don't know if Jimmy Butler was saying it because, you know, he says stuff and and being smart, but he make it sound like a compliment at times. And, um, right. you know, he, he he flat out said, he said Giannis is the best help side defender in the league, in the game. And hmm. that's true. If you, if you want to be technical, IT just called him out for it the other day. Excuse me. He said um, – He did too. <laughs> Um, when he said that when the coach asked him why didn't he guard um, Jimmy Butler when he was hitting on right so bro I mean like honestly when when is we gonna compare him to Ben Simmons because honestly bro um, you know he don't he ain't changed nothing mm-hmm. and every year he has the best he ha- he has the best record just to lose, so uh, I don't know. I don't know. Honestly, he got something. Got to give, right? And that's I mean, it's no hate on Giannis. Obviously, dude's a, <laughs> a MVP caliber player, but he could be so much better if he just can uh, step outside the paint a little bit and feel more confident in utilizing his jump shot. So, I mean, one off season, right. maybe maybe he'll figure it out. Maybe him and Ben Simmons can work together. I don't even know, but. All I know is if LeBron was down 2-0 to the Jimmy Butler-led Miami Heat, he'd be getting killed. Oh, my goodness. Oh, they would – LeBron would be – they lose, he loses title as the king. They say he's not the greatest or no more. All that. They're crucified. Facts. So, yeah, bro. Um, that's our semifinals predictions there. And to everybody tapping in tonight, Ours, our connection's kind of weird. Um, I'm in a tornado warning right out here in Baltimore. Um, I wasn't able to turn on my Anchor app. I don't know what was up with that. So, Anchor, if y'all are listening, please fix that for me. I'm using Safari right now, talking to Mark. But can you hear me, Mark? Yeah, I can hear you. Uh, I know it's been cutting in and out. We just have one last topic, and we can kind of call it because I know the the connection's pretty whack right now. But the last thing, bro, was just talking sure. about Steve Nash becoming the head coach of the Brooklyn Nets. That's so dope. Just so dope. What do you think about it? Uh, I mean, honestly, bro, so to kind of bring it full, 
full circle. We've been talking about uh, legendary Spurs coach Greg Popovich being in all these murmurs about him potentially heading to Brooklyn to become their next coach. Um, we seen the other day that his house is up for sale in San Antonio, and everyone immediately was like, okay, he's heading to Brooklyn. And then the next day, news breaks that the Nets have signed Hall of Fame point guard Steve Nash to be their new head coach. So, I mean, I don't know. I like Steve Nash as a player. Obviously, he kind of fits my play style. You know how that goes. But um, he doesn't have any head coaching experience as of now. I mean, he was a consultant for the Warriors since 2015. Um, He's done some individualized skills training and player development with dudes that have reached out to him in recent years. Um, but honestly, man, his, his knowledge of the game, his ability to communicate with anyone and everyone in between those lines, I think he'll translate very, very well into being a head coach within the NBA. Oh, yeah. I saw something right before we tapped in here. Um, I didn't listen to it. I it was something about what what was it? I don't even know. (laughs) He um basically he was saying um he liked it, you know, that they gave it to him, you know, because like you said, he's a smart player um, and stuff like that. But he said the only thing he don't like is that. that yeah, you that's what I think. And that um, shows that that's white I don't know, right man. I mean, I think it really comes down to a lot What's of people want to see Mark Jackson return to the NBA, which I do too, for sure. Um, but I don't know, man. I mean, Steve Nash, I feel like he's not one to overlook his boundaries by any means, and I mean, dude's been around various different types of people throughout his playing career, whether that was in Canada or the States. So I don't think he's one to act like that. If that's what Stephen A is trying to get at, you know what I'm saying? And I don't know if that's the reason general manager, Sean Marks reached out to Nash to become the next head coach. Cause if you think about it, Marks and Nash were teammates in Phoenix. So they have that repertoire between them. So it's like, I don't know, Stephen A, I think you're kind of, Reaching out a little too far on the limb there. <laughs> yeah, man. Sometimes he just, I feel like he feel like he right on everything he say. So right. You know, I mean, shoot, like morning. he's a top tier um, point guard, and we know point guards him, typically do end up being prominent coaches at most levels of basketball. I mean, me and you are two living proof right here. So it's like, I don't know. Obviously. You would like someone with yeah. at least some sort of head coaching experience, but in this sense, I don't think it's going to be too big of an issue. I mean, he already has that relationship with KD from being a consultant in Golden State. And, I mean, I think him and Kyrie are going to go hand-in-hand hand as well. So, Right. Oh, they are. I feel like Kyrie will listen to him because, you know, his background, um, Steve Ashes, and plus – KD and Steve Nash actually go back before Golden State. He was working him out since he was at um, OKC. So um, I feel like they have a mutual respect there. And with his two star players buying in, Steve Nash, top tier player. I think he will be a top tier coach as well. And I'm excited for the move, man. I mean, Brooklyn is going to be kind of a big name within the NBA for the next couple of years for sure. What's up? Oh, yeah, definitely. So I only got one question, though. You know, these little three-year, two-year contracts that they, they have. Um, what type of coach would he? Would you think he'd be without Kyrie or KD? I mean, obviously. Like, say he take them to the finals you, the next two as years. as a coach, want leave. those top elite athletes or players in any sport, any league, any any world, really. You know what I'm saying? But – I don't know. I think his overall knowledge of the game would translate to a, who to whoever he has out there on the court. Now, kind of like we were talking about even with this Raptors series, every NBA team, in my opinion, needs at least one guy who's able to go get you one whenever. So if he doesn't have guys like Kyrie and KD, I'm assuming he would need to somehow reload and get at least one dude who can go get you one. But I think 
his coaching tactics will translate to whoever he has out there. Yeah, and, I, and one more question is the Mike, you think the Mike run D'Antoni the, um, running gun crazy to shoot threes and fast break all the time? With Mike D'Antoni? <laughs> uh, it'll be very, very similar to that, yeah. I think he's going to give the keys yeah. to Kyrie full-heartedly and let him get the ball out of the outlet and just run and go. And same thing with Durant, really. I mean, honestly, bro, that's how the NBA is played now anyway. Yeah. Most teams play like that now, as we've talked about on multiple episodes here on the Breaking Barriers pod. But, yeah, I think – we can expect a similar gameplay to the D'Antoni, Nash, Phoenix Suns era over in Brooklyn. Almost like uh, Steve Kerr did as far as with Golden State taking um, right. Greg Popovich plays and Phil Jackson and mixing them, you know. So um, I'm just interested to see. For sure, bro, for sure. what he could do. And, um, um, you know, I hope he do. Like we said, man, our us. connection has been weird tonight. We, I know we've been gone for a little bit, but we're back. Stay with us. Um, I think that's really all we got for episode 29, my man. Um, definitely got to shout out the whole gang here, Apple, Spotify, Anchor. Got to follow us on our socials. We've been, we've been trying to post a little bit more here and there. Stories, Twitter, so definitely follow Mark over at Breaking Barriers Training. And me over at GZ Hoops, so uh, Twitter and Instagram. Um, anything else, bro? You got anything to cap it off? Nah, just to the fans, man. Keep tuning in with us <laughs> and being patient. Um, sometimes we sound like we crazy, you know, because we got <laughs> the connection. But I promise y'all, we Facts. we uh we take this just as serious as we would coaching. So. Um, we appreciate hey, one quick thing. Y'all and, you you um, copped in 2K? 29, bro. Yo. I, I copped it already, bro. I'm waiting for midnight. I'm hey, off yeah, work I'm tomorrow. Give one more I'm, chance, to, bro. I'm about to be gaming a little bit tonight, to say the least. <laughs> I will. I got you, bro. <laughs> Y'all let me know how it is, man. All right, bro, man. That's another episode of Breaking Yes, sir. Good to have you back. And, um, G, I appreciate you, bro. I'm going to be tapping in.